1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is November 16th, and this is The Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. Hopefully, looking forward to the Bruins game tomorrow. Oh, oh, wait—they don't play until Saturday. The Bruins do. (laughs) That's another big long layoff, which is both hilarious and very sad. I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking. We don't get to talk to the schedule makers. Ridiculous. Ridiculous that it's another long layoff like this, this early into the season. But on this episode, Logan Mullen and I did our best to try and kind of recap what the Bruins are. That's the big question of this episode. What are the Bruins? And people kind of think, well, it's too early to tell. Well, not if you look at who they've beat and who they've lost to. Because it gives us a pretty good idea early on of who they are as a team and what they will end up becoming at the end of the year, I know 13 games in, I know, I know these takes could come right back in my face. I expect them to, you should hope they do, but it's an interesting episode. Logan and I dove into sort of there. And also we get into a pretty big defensive hot take that Logan had later in the episode. Um, but anyways, a great episode with Logan, Lo- loving him coming on more and more. I hope you guys enjoy him as well. Remember to also listen to poke the bear later this week uh, on coming out on uh, Thursday. Make sure to do that. Uh, and without further ado, here's my conversation with Logan Mullen. And we're here with Logan Mullen. Logan, what is up? Not a whole lot, Evan. How about you? (laughs) My voice is already going out. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, um, good to have you on. This is your third time in the past like two months. This is the third time. I'm, I'm ready here. to
1: start giving Connor a run for his money. <laughs>
0: yeah. you you know you're you're fighting for that uh, top spot on the on the first line. I guess at this. Point. Yeah, I
1: guess so. I'm I, I'm David Krejci. I'm I. If Connor was not in front of me, people would respect me more. But because Connor's in front of me and he's the Patrice Bergeron in this situation, not to gas him up too much, but yeah, come on, that, yeah.
0: I, don't want to what, get I, wonder what, I wonder what I wonder what I'm in this situation. I guess I'd be the head coach in a sense, maybe.
1: Uh, you're Peter Solaric, just riding the coattails on the wing.
0: <laughs> you know, That's all the And matters. The other guys do all the work. <laughs> yes, I am. I guess I'm the Peter Solaric of uh, Prudence Media, which is <laughs> the tough thing to have. I had some guy going at me. I said, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Connor. I said Connor Clifton had a bad pinch on the first goal in the awful uh, pinch. No need in for the it. Sunday night. Yeah, terrible yeah. pinch. And the guy responded something like, have you ever played the game before? I bet you've never even played a sport. So, of course, I have one career huddle highlight. I responded with that, obviously. I've been waiting to use it. And he, he gave maybe my favorite Twitter reply to me of all time. I'm pulling it up now. This is honest to God, Logan. This might be the one of the funniest things I think I've ever gotten. He said, typical media hack, soft as dog poop, and never put a jock on. You guys bore the crap out of me. Go get another boaster shot. He spelled instead of booster, he spelled it with an A. So it okay. was a successful reply in my book. By I haven't even gotten my first
1: booster shot.
0: I haven't either. So
1: this
0: yeah. guy, I, I, I don't even know I, if I'm eligible yet. I forget how that works. Yeah, I have no idea how it works. I'm just kind of At this point, I have no idea. I'm just rolling with it. But, uh, anyways, speaking of things, we have no idea how they work. The schedule. The Bruins do not yes. play again until Saturday. It, yes. it, this is I, their bye week is their bye week. I, I saw someone tweet that they're going to get a bye week before the Patriots, which is incredible. Pretty much, um, yeah. Yeah, they get a bye week before the Patriots do. Is this their official bye week? No, I don't think so. Oh, is time. To- well, what
1: do they get, well, off get the- around Thanksgiving? Because they play Black Friday in the afternoon. Do they? Yes. I always forget if they give them the Wednesday before Thanksgiving off. I I think, I think they play Wednesday and then Thanksgiving is off and then they're back Friday.
0: I could be wrong about that. No, I think, I think you're correct on that. But, uh, obviously they have time off at the end of the year for, or middle of the year for the, uh, the Winter Olympics. But I figured with 13 games into the season, it's a good enough sample size, right? To kind of do a state of the, of the union type thing. Sure. Um, and I, it's funny. One thing that stood out to me. There's a big question that I have with this Bruins team, and it's what are the Bruins? In past years, we've look, been able to look at the roster and say, okay, this is a top three team in the Atlantic. They're going to be a playoff shoe in. They're a lock, right? Them, Toronto, Tampa, prior to that time, you know, there's that little weird stretch in the middle of the 2010s. Before that, it was, well, they're a playoff lock. So they were, they had, you knew the roster. You knew it was right. solid. You knew they were going to be in the playoffs. But I'm looking at these. I, I before we got on. Uh I looked at the record, they're eight and five, which is good. That's correct. Good record. Yep. Not not a terrible record. Um their wins so far, Dallas, Buffalo, San Jose. They beat Florida in a shootout. Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, Montreal. Losses, Philadelphia, Florida, Carolina, Toronto, Edmonton. I think the All wins very good teams. <laughs> all very good teams. So this is my point. I think the wins they've gotten and the losses they've gotten show where they are in the league. They're a middle-of-the-pack team. Would you agree?
1: Yes, I I would agree with that. I think they are akin to what, I don't know, let's say the Florida Panthers were the last few years before they really took the next step, where you knew they were, like, good. They had some fatal flaws, but they were constantly lurking. They were hard to beat, and they were in the playoff hunt pretty much wire to wire, but it was a coin flip whether or not they were going to get in. Uh, now, more often than not, those Panthers teams did not get in, oh, yeah. but I, it, which I would not – push comes to shove. I think the Bruins are a playoff team. Agreed, I agree. think that they are probably not a, a runaway favorite by any stretch. I think they would – with the Maple Leafs rebounding and being good now, I would say the Bruins are firmly a wild card team, uh, oh, yeah. which is probably a lower expectation than what you would want for them. but from what I've seen so far, there's not a whole lot to, that would make me think that they should miss the playoffs, but there's not a whole lot to make me believe that they will hang around with the, the lightning and the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. Like I I think that they are a pretty firmly in the wild card mix at this point.
0: Yeah. I also think like, when you look at the roster, um, you know, you look at the goaltending, is it better or worse than last year? Probably worse. Zugerask is better than both of those guys, man. It's not yep. to say Swayman's Swayman's been good. Omar could a bit could be better, um, but he's been fine. Uh, but they have lost is,
1: because of Olmark.
0: Correct. This is one hundred percent correct. In that Edmonton game on Thursday, we were both there. We both said this isn't on Olmark. This is not yeah. like this. You know, he wasn't. He didn't steal you it, but he wasn't the reason you lost. You know, he was. Sure. He was fine. I would I would say he's been like slightly above average this year, just slightly. Yeah. Not great, but slightly above average. Um, Maybe that's being a little generous. But anyways, I do think, though, that you look at the roster goaltending, better the past few years. Defensively, I mean, last year's decor wasn't amazing. You got the addition of Mike Riley last year, who looked a lot better uh, at the end of the year last year than he has so far this year. We'll get to Riley and Saboral later on in this episode. But are they better defensively than last year? Uh, I don't know. Push. I, like I think there's, it's.
1: I would guess it's easy to have some revisionist history on that defense last year because Mike Riley went and rejuvenated them and was pushing guys out of the lineup. Um, but I mean, that there were question marks on that defense all year. A lot of it was due to injury too, right? Like it, it oh, did yeah. not take long for Jared Tenority to be playing 18 minutes a night.
0: Which he's he's I think he's currently I could be wrong on this, but I, last I checked he was playing consistent minutes for the Rangers because that they, would cause not like, surprise me. Tom Wilson broke that franchise. They're right. like, oh so yeah, we got Tenorti got and Reeves Reeves and and Everybody <laughs> yeah. just went out and got all the big guys. But I, I just even not just last year because last year's defense was was rough. But even just years before that, right? Teams that were consistent playoff teams. This is this defense is worse. That's not not close to past yeah. years. Offensively, you don't have Krejci. Like, you don't yeah. have Krejci. I've said all offseason, you know, again, depth will carry this team. And I do believe that at some point, you know, Felino, Hala, uh, Nosek, those guys are going to score more. Uh, you know, Frederick, or not Frederick, Felino hit the post the other night and he's had chances. He got killed on that McAvoy goal. The yeah. got he absolutely sure did. run over. Uh, and obviously, you know, Hala had a goal the other night and Nosek's going to finally get one. But even then though, the depth, Depth can't compare to Krejci. You, you know, that that's that's not yeah. making up for 70 points. So it, it makes me wonder, and and you, I think, agree with this, it's the middle of the pack team. You know, and I don't think, I think they're going to have hot stretches of the year, but I don't see this team being one that finishes first or second or even maybe third for that matter. Well, I think the thing that separates
1: where they are now versus the teams that they used to be and the crazy example is kind of underscores this is the Bruins used to be so good because they had guys playing in roles lower than what they were capable of. Like they were so loaded with depth that like Charlie Coyle, he can play on the second line. He's way better on the third line. And so then you get the softer matchups and things like that. And I mean, even Tory Krug on the second Defensive pairing like he wasn't the greatest defensive player. It got better as time went on, but he was by having him there. It allowed, you know, guys who you could argue were second pairing caliber defensemen playing on third pairings like Matt Grizzlick. Now they've kind of lost that. And there are teams that survive with guys firmly situated in roles that are probably best tailored towards what they belong in. But I think what separates the good teams from the great teams are the great teams are ones that have guys playing in roles beneath what they're capable of. That's what the twenty nineteen Bruins, by and large, were able to do. Um, you know, that's what the Lightning have been able to do for a while. I mean, Blake Coleman was a top and second line winger for the Devils before he ended up with the Lightning. He was playing on the third line. Um, You know, so things like that. And I think that's ultimately what puts them to agree with you firmly in the middle of the pack is they're not bad. They have guys right where they should be. They don't have guys playing up, right? Like Sean Mm -hmm. Corrales centering the third line for the Blue Jackets right now. And the Blue Jackets do absolutely nothing for me. Um, But I think that's why the Bruins right now, this is kind of their lot in life. And I think that eight and five record is probably fair for where they should be.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And again, I, I, it's funny. You you made a great point with the playing and roles lower than they are normally are. Cause you're right. Coyle, Krug, Grizzlik, uh, Mike Riley is probably a, he's third a third, third to a defenseman on a a, yep. a cup team. Um, and you can go down the line of, I mean, Nick Craig Falina,
1: Smith, if,
0: Craig Smith is, you know, on a really good team, probably a third liner. You're right. Yep. Um, but he's up on the second coils up on the second. And it's not to say these guys can't play these positions. They can, but again, it's not your, as you said, I mean, remember 2019, like that coil line was so great because yeah. they played other teams, fourth lines, because the matchups right. worked that way. And, and, and coil and Johansson and Heinen were, you know, better than the guys they were playing against. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I it's again, it's early. And they also, if they make a move, which I don't know what pieces they'll move, but that'll probably be something we talk about much later in the year. But if they did somehow make a big move, then it's different, right? Like last year's team, I was writing off before the deadline. They were not great. After Tahoe, they just went down. Um, They had a lot of injuries. I remember thinking, well, you know, don't spend a ton on this team. You know, they're probably not getting far. And then they go out, they get Taylor Hall for nothing. They get Mike Riley for nothing. And they're a completely rejuvenated team. And they went into the playoffs hotter than anybody. So they could go out and make a move. I don't know what that move will be because you're probably going to have to give up a lot to get someone impactful. I don't think you're going to have a Taylor Hall situation around the league. Right. I also don't think you need a winger. I think you you need a center and, well, maybe not a center, but you need one to two defensemen. Um, and that's going to yeah. be very hard to come by at the deadline. So I don't know. Again, that's for another time. But yeah, I just, I know it's very early to be saying that a team is not a playoff shoe in And I know this might get thrown back in my face later, but I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, they they beat the bad teams. And they lost to the really good teams. Well, that makes them right in the middle. So interesting way. So I'd say, but it's still a pretty good bet that the Bruins have a good season, right? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I mean, pretty good yeah bet. I mean, they will be playing competitive hockey in the spring. Yes, I'd be very
1: surprised if that was not the case.
0: The place to go bet on that competitive hockey, though, would be our good friends over at Bet Online. They're back and they're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever. Before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball, football and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball. Po- oh, not baseball postseason anymore. That just ended PC rod. Uh, NHL, boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. For the twenty twenty one season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Again, promo code CLNS fifty. So moving on on a lighter note, or a better note, I guess. Uh, in the win against Montreal on Sunday night, it was Charlie night. Just Charlie's well, score Charlie night. It was Charlie night. I loved Connor's tweet of, uh, you know, Charlie Moore trying to get on the ice. <laughs> to log a goal. Charlie um,
1: Moore signs my checks. Okay. So yes, we're not this is true. No, I'm a, Moore.
0: we stand Charlie Moore. We stand Charlie Moore. Um, but anyways, uh, Coyle scoring a goal. I know scored one off his head, but he had a really nice, uh, his second goal was awesome. Yeah. Came in, lifted the stick, went in, put a top corner. McAvoy had two really good goals. And I think the encouraging thing about this. Is it's people other than the top line scoring goals, yeah. which is what this team needs, right? We've said all offseason. season. We say it now depth is going to be what kind of carries this team. That's what's going to separate. That's what's going to make it a good team. Um, what do you see with that middle six? Do you see signs that they are coming out and, and starting to sc- to get some better chances?
1: I'll say yes, because it's also relatively incomplete, too. Like, I mean, they their lines make of them what you will the last few games because their third and fourth lines were basically interchangeable with injuries. But, like, that second line isn't entirely the group they wanted to roll with. Um, The fact that they're getting any sort of life from contributors other than Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Posternock is encouraging. At the same time, I think Charlie McAvoy is on like a seventy-point pace. So, at what point do you consider him <laughs> a secondary scorer versus a primary right. scorer? Like he, we're getting to the point where you almost expect him to be a a near point per game player, like you know, a three quarters of a point per game player. The fact that Charlie Coyle is scoring, I think, is very promising because. Taylor Hall will eventually break through. Craig Smith, when he's healthy, will eventually break through.
0: Guy throws so many pucks at the net. I mean, raw right. averages. A puck is going to go exactly. in. Exactly.
1: <laughs> the Charlie Coyle thing is—it's just nice to see him be assertive. That's more so what I look for with Charlie Coyle than every and then anything. And that's what would get on my nerves watching David Krejci. Is like he had a good shot when he was willing to use it. It was good, and I've. If I were a Bruins fan, my biggest worry with Coyle would be, is he too much of a pass-first player, and does he try and defer to his line mates a little bit too much? And I think Taylor Hall being such a good guy at driving play could sort of make Coyle be a little bit more docile, I guess, for the lack of a better term. But Coyle more so than McAvoy, finding a way to assert himself, create scoring, at least get near the net. I mean, the first goal was... Whatever. I mean, he was just right place at the right time, but that doesn't happen if you don't have a nose for the net, right? So. Literally.
0: Yeah, you literally <laughs> yeah. a nose for the net.
1: So that, I wasn't even going for that. I, that one just came out. Um, so yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't say I'm about to make declarations that they have a, you know, electric middle six. I would need it to be a little bit more sustained, but. It certainly doesn't hurt, especially when you see guys like Hall getting goals too, and over the weekend as well.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, the coil stuff is interesting because, uh, for, you know, for a while, it's all, the MO on him has been, you know, he doesn't play up to his potential. He plays so well, but he just doesn't produce. Now he's producing. So I right. think, and, and a lot of it seems sort of sustainable and he's doing it with line. And we've said this, I think, before where he's doing it with line mates who aren't producing as much, uh, as yeah. with, as people would like them to produce. So that's a good thing. You mentioned the McAvoy thing. You mentioned the point uh what he's on pace for. So while you while you were talking, I did some math. I did Look some at math. That. That's something I do not do very often. Most of us don't do it very often because we yeah, don't really need same. to. Um but he is on pace for 75 points this year, which is nuts. Um yeah. which I again, is that gonna happen? Probably not. Um just given how like a season works. I would probably pencil him in conservatively around, like, 50 to 55 points, which is very good. If he gets
1: 75 points, he should be a unanimous Norris trophy winner. Oh,
0: so that was my point, was, like, if he's 75 points, Norris easily, right? He has the points, he's got the five-on-five play, because if, like, just watching him in that Montreal game on on Sunday, and even some of these more recent games, you see just how much he does. And we've known this forever. But a lot of these Norris voters, that's not their fault. You're not watching every Bruins game. You know, you're not watching... You know, we don't watch every single Tampa Bay lightning game or, or, you know, many different games, but just the amount he does on the ice. I think also if I'm, I I might be, uh, wrong here, but I think his goals for percentage on natural stature. I think he's fourth in the league among defensemen for goals for percentage. Yeah. And what's funny is I think the top two are Leafs defensemen. I forget which ones though. I think Rasmus Morgan Riley. I don't think it was Morgan Riley. I forget who it was, but it was two different people. Um. But McAvoy's been dynamite. And I think, again, like, you have McAvoy going at all cylinders go. You have Marshan going at all cylinders go. Uh, Poshnok will eventually find it. Bergeron playing really well. Like, that's why I say this team's going to get hot at some point. They're going to go on a, an, you know, a, a seven or eight game win streak. Who are going to throw the words I just said about ten minutes ago back in my face. Um, yeah. But they, they, I feel like there is something there where they could be, be really good, especially with Coyle playing so well.
1: So I would agree with, with that. The only problem is that you do need the secondary stuff to come around more, because otherwise you're the Edmonton Oilers of the last two years, right? When they were playing McDavid, Drysail, and Bomb. Like, that is true. There, is there, to there is there is twenty. There is no other
0: good, better example of like a team with like really high point producers that doesn't do well than the Oilers the past right. years.
1: <laughs> and it was because the way they were playing wasn't sustainable. Like the teams that we've seen win the cup or make deep playoff runs. I don't know, especially the last five years or so, have been able to roll four very consistent lines. Not all huge point producers, but very consistent, reliable lines that had a clear identity. Bruins don't have that right now. That's fine. It's 13 games into their season. They've dealt with a bunch of injuries. But I can see them getting hot for the same reason that they've gotten hot many times across the last few years. Because the first line and some of their top point-producing defensemen just go bonkers, and it all lines up at the same time. And then what happens? It comes to a screeching halt once teams adjust accordingly. So I don't doubt that this team will eventually get hot, and people will be like, "Wow, look at these two, you know, chuckleheads who are saying that they <laughs> were going to be a middle of the pack team." But we have seen enough now where things all come crashing down and then a water eventually finds its level to be like, well, what really are they then? Um, and, and so I guess to kind of call back to what we were just talking about. Yeah, I've, I think that the big time guys all going nuts at the same time is bound to happen eventually. But their actual identity as a team will be predicated on what the rest of the guys do
0: hundred percent. And we, and we both said this because we were both at Thursday night's game against the Oilers. We both said first line crushing it, fourth line, shutting down the opposing top line, second and third lines. What do you got? And it's been the same thing that they've had for years now. So, it, you know, I don't doubt that again, that as you said, they're going to get hot at some point this yeah. year, right? They're going to have stretches a couple. They're not just going to be one could be two, three uh, where they're really good for extended periods of time, but they've done that the past, four or five years too, like, it's the same yeah. thing. So that's why I think Bruins fans have to be a little cautious. Obviously, it's good to get excited about your team. The passion helps people like us for sure. Um, But at the same time, you know, give it some time, wait a little bit to yeah. the playoffs to see really what you've got. Um, But who knows? I mean, they could really get a real identity. A third line could take shape, which hasn't happened around here since like, well, 2019 with the deadline, but yeah. before then, I mean, it was a long time to so they had a legit third line. Um, but, uh, anyways, before we get into, uh, talking about, uh, the, the defense, which maybe this next product could help people, uh, as they talk about the guys <laughs> that build up on defense. <laughs> the maybe, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about cannabis, specifically Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensary, INSA, I-N-S-A. They are the premier because the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it is for everyone it's dispensaries are invited inviting and modern so come in just to learn more staff are authorities on the science who answer every question from differences between flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia and anxiety or just want to hang out with friends go to Ansa. Insa has a world-class head chef too and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft when it wasn't so legit. They were kind of like uh, ahead of the curve, so to speak. The, the, the Maybe the 1% of people who were like, hey, I'm going to get good at this. So when it becomes popular, now it's popular. One last thing. The Insta founders aren't guys from Silicon Valley, but lifelong pals from Springfield. I say this every time. How cool is that from Springfield, Mass? That's pretty- Roll pride. Another Roll pr- Springfield, Mass product, as I say every time. Every time. Good, good
1: Big things thing. come from Springfield, Massachusetts.
0: The collegiate home of Logan Mullen. That's so there's another local team to root for. INSA in Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, and two Springfield locations, including just off I-91 beside the MGM Casino. Mentioned we said to stop by for a sweet t-shirt for a penny or go to INSA.com or 877-500-INSA. I've actually gotten some reviews from people who haven't done this. Had a good time. Had a good time. And I'm happy to hear that because I'm glad to set people up and get some free T shirt penny t-shirts. So really oh, works out wow. well for... For everybody. Um, you had a great tweet today or Monday. Yeah, I, I have great tweets
1: on. every day.
0: Great tweets all the time. But this one it was one that I really enjoyed. Uh, because Spoke Z had tweeted out, uh, the, uh, thing about the time Kevin Hayes wrote Framingham and Alston when asked what the first two battles of the Revolutionary War were. And you were like, people forget the shot heard around the world actually it was just a green line catenary wire sparking as a train rolled into Packard's Corner. I said, damn, that is, that is good. I was going to quote it I with a Framingham reference. I was going to quote it with a Framingham reference, like spoke Z's initial tweet, and I was like, only like .05% of my followers will like get the reference. So like, it's really not even worth making the reference. I honestly forgot that that happened, the Kevin Hayes thing. Was he joking? I don't remember again, this is like a part I, of, I feel like this was the I feel like this was a part of COVID and quarantine that we all just like blacked out of our memory, right? Yeah, like and we
1: were all just so like beaten down and defeated. They're like, hey, you can watch a, a Zoom call with Keith Mandel, <laughs> Kevin Hayes, Chris Wagner, and Chris Kreiner. And it's like well, I would oh, rather oh, okay, I do it. <laughs> I would rather lay in bed and cry for the third straight day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was, it's funny, like thinking back to that. The Zoom happy hours and, uh, remember the Zoom 2011 Bruins call? That was actually good though. Give yeah. It, that give will, that to was credit where credit's same. due. That was good. And yeah. that could have never happened if there wasn't COVID. So maybe COVID happened just for that to, to take place. Maybe <laughs> it's all work. sure it now. if I can <laughs> get behind
1: that take.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, maybe that's a little bit of a wild take, but no, and that I don't remember exactly, uh, if he was serious or not with that, but crazy take nonetheless. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of takes though. You wrote today in Messen.com that I, yeah, I
1: dropped the crazy before. <laughs>
0: the crazy. Well, one of the, the first time you were on, you said John Moore should be playing more. People were like, well, what? John I, Moore. I still agree with that. No, I, I, I actually don't disagree with that either. I think he, like at this point, what is, what do you have to lose? Like, I, I don't understand what you have to lose with John Moore. If, not um, to
1: commandeer your show here, but I would like to float the John Moore take I gave to you on Thursday.
0: Ooh, yes give that give it yes I think people, so
1: it'll open my, up a new part of their brains okay so my take after watching so i'm not generally the type of person that thinks you have to see a specific player in person to fully understand how good they are the exception was conor mcdavid i had never seen him play in yes. person before and watching him his speed is not done justice on television it just no, isn't. It isn't. Please continue isn't. to watch Netson so I can have a roof over my head. But if the Oilers ever go to town again, go to the game because I was blown away by how fast he was.
0: So we're watching and sit up game. above. Sit up above. Like yes. don't yes. Sit, sit by the glass. Sit. Yes, yeah, sit, like sit up in the balcony because you can even see it develop.
1: Right. So – I was sitting there watching poor Brandon Carlo get put in a blunder, and Derek Forbert be about, I don't know, 10 yards back in full stride (laughs) behind Connor McDavid. Uh, And I was thinking, is there anybody who can keep up with this guy? Because Riley's not that fast. Clifton is quick, but he's not fast. Like the Bruins don't really have very fast defensemen. And then I thought, Well, John Moore is the greatest skater, defensive skater, in the organization. Bar none, no questions asked. That is where John Moore would come in handy, is when you deal with a team or a player in particular that has a ton of speed. I'm not saying his raw defensive skills would be able to put the clamps on Connor McDavid, but the Bruins were so easily overwhelmed by McDavid and the Oilers at large, their speed, that I was sitting there thinking, you can't possibly tell me that John Moore, for as good of a skater as he is, is a worse option at this point than Forbert or Clifton or anyone like that. So if the Bruins defy the odds, make us look like morons and make it to the cup final and Connor McDavid and the Oilers are there to meet them, I would hope if I were a Bruins fan that John Moore is playing because he is the only one that can keep pace with them from a pure skating standpoint.
0: Yeah, so my first thought was, like, you know, I I don't love John Moore in his own zone. I don't think that's great. I don't love him breaking the puck out. But then it's like, well, what do you have now that would, like, who who is faster than him that is, right. or who is not as fast but way better at breaking the puck out who you would take out of the lineup? And it's like, well, I don't know, Mike Riley hasn't been great at breaking the puck out and great in his own zone. And you can go through the whole list there. And I don't think that's a crazy idea. I think that's an interesting one. Um, but you wrote today that Jakob Zaborl should stay in the lineup. I think a lot of people, I think he's, he's surprised a lot of people. And also Cassidy has been a huge fan of Zaborl yeah. so far. Cassidy loved uh, Zaborl after the New Jersey win, um, saying he was a true pro. He was ready to go in, did a good job. And then Sunday night, he has a pretty solid game, had one really bad play, which again, yeah. with the step up on the, um, uh, was it, it was their second goal that he stepped up on completely missed, completely missed. Yeah, was uh, that yeah. Armea? Was that the Armea? I, I, I feel like that was Armea on that. Corner. Or no, um, the guy whose last name begins with a P. Oh jeez, you're I'm gonna get gonna me on this, this one. But yeah, I'm forgetting. Yes. People are banging their car, like banging their like steering wheels right <laughs> it's like now. Just...
1: Trezzy or But anyways, awful. You can look. Yeah, you
0: you, you, you can... can look it up. Uh, on your own time. If you want to, Logan, go for it. Um, I'll let people kind of just sit in the, in the, in the, uh, in the dark on this one, but I think Zaboral did have a solid game on Sunday. I don't think that was a, a stretch to say. Uh, and it's funny. Connor Ryan actually made Michael that Pizzetta. Right. That's who Michael Pizzetta. I would Pezzetta. never have ever guessed that. So I'm glad you looked it up. Uh, Connor Ryan said something to me last year that I, that stuck with me about Zaboral and Saborl is like a lineman right? Zaboral's so like a lineman. You don't notice him. You don't want to notice him. If he's yeah. doing his job, you will not notice him during a game. And I didn't really notice Zaboral a hell of a lot on uh, Sunday night. And I think that's a good thing, right? Because we keep yeah. noticing Mike Riley get uh, get beat or turn the puck over. And I think Mike Riley will come out of it, right? Like I think Mike Riley will eventually, right. that, as you said, how- water find its level, and you're paying him too much to sit him. And he's yeah. a fresh new contract and such. Um, he also picked uh, Dancing on My Own. Uh, for his Bruins beat the other day. So, yep. um, I mean, you know, now he's a real Bostonian. Yes, uh, like but that. what what is your take on Zaborl? Well, so I ultimately took it a step further. I think they should try him with McAvoy. Because oh, that's right. That is what you said. You said McAvoy. Okay. So
1: I thought it looked pretty good. He was not put in a great situation with Clifton because God bless Clifton, but he's gotten back to the place where he, his game's gotten loud again, Clifton's. And unless you have a Lozon or a, a, a firefighter, basically, like Clifton can be a tough guy to play with. So I think Zaboro looked good in spite of that. And ultimately my thing is he moves the puck well. Like his play on the McAvoy goal where he dump trucked Felino. Uh, that is incredibly underrated that Zaboro danced through the neutral zone, avoided a hit with one hand on his stick, and then slipped a puck to Taylor Hall and basically sprung Hall um, that allowed for that rush, that chance. The two-way ability has always been there for him. It's just been a matter of refining it. And he's playing a little bit edgier, it feels like, this year. Like, he's not as easy to move around. Um And so I'm basically at the place where if you're not going to play Grizzly with McAvoy, which is just, for whatever reasons, it seems like it's not going to happen, or you should at least not bank on it happening consistently. Why not put Zaboral there? Because he is capable enough in both ends in the same way that Grizzly is. Like Forbert, useless in the offensive zone, doesn't tend to do a whole lot in the defensive zone. Like he's fine, but he's not great. But then, you know, what are your other options that you would put with McAvoy? Like, you can't just keep putting one-trick ponies with him. Like, they did that with Lozon. Like, Lozon was basically invisible offensively, but defensively he was fine. So Zaboral, I think, would take a lot of the pressure off of McAvoy to have to do basically everything in at least one area of the ice. Like, with pretty much every partner he has minus Grizzly, that is the tendency that he has – is just by virtue of being a great player, he's the one that gets back on the pucks. He's the one that has to shoot. I think that if you put a true two-way defenseman of which Zaborl and Grizzlik are the top two legit two-way defensemen that they have, then outside of McAvoy, that is then it would at least allow for – Logan McAvoy.
0: Mullen thinks Jacob Zaboral is better than uh, Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want that one getting pretty, isolated and taken out of contact. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Jacob Zaboral is better <laughs> than Charlie McAvoy. Um, but it allows him to – it allows McAvoy to play a little bit more freely. That is the overarching point is with everything right now, especially with Forbert, like he has to do all the heavy lifting in at least one zone. The objective when you put a guy with McAvoy should be, how is he going to free up McAvoy the most to be very, very good? And I think Zaboral of their options probably presents that uh, close to as well
0: as Grizzly. See, isolated, I I don't like that idea, right? You don't want a guy like Zaboral. Sure. there. But, but when you consider the other options, right? Obviously, Grizzly and McAvoy is the best pairing you could possibly have. But you need Grizzly to kind of balance things elsewhere. Yeah. The more I look at it, the more I think, that's interesting. And the more I think, if they do that, I would hope Cassidy doesn't do the trigger finger thing where he puts them together for a few shifts and takes them off. Like, yeah. do it for like three to four games. Give the, give Saboro some confidence. See what you got. Like, the yeah. guy's 13th overall pick. He I, Back in the day, he was kind of projected to go in that area. The stretch yeah. was senescent. Not defending the pick, but and he, I, do. I mean,
1: he played and at times outplayed Shabbat. I think it was in, in juniors.
0: Yes. He might, he might have. I mean, that, that's so far. Yes, he <laughs> has six but, years ago now. <laughs> yes. But I do think like, again, it's worth a shot. Like, why not give that a shot? Um, and again, he's looked good through two games. You might have something there. Yeah. That could be yeah. your little
1: boost. Yeah. And, and you're right. And I should clarify that like, in an ideal world, Jakub Zaboro, this goes back to guys playing above roles they should be in, right? Like, yep. in an ideal world, Zaboro's on your third pairing. The way the roster's constructed right now, you are going to be stringing together and piecing together some defensive pairings. It shouldn't be the one with McAvoy. So you need to find the guy that's the best fit with them and then go from there. If they don't think it's going to be Grizzly, they should at least try Zaboro.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm not completely against it because, again, what else is working? Like, do you want Forbert and McAvoy together the whole year? No. Forbert, again, Forbert's another one who, on a good team, is a third-pairing defenseman, right? right? Like, that's another example of someone who's playing above their role. And, you know, is he, is he, you know, fine at it? Sure. But if you're a really good team, he's a third-pairing guy, you know? Yeah. And, again, maybe he grows into it. That's another first-round pick, by the way. Forbert was first-round that's pick. So, Wasn't he a high pick, too? Uh, yeah, I don't think he. I forget where he was, uh, in that draft. But he was, yeah, up I think there. he was want like, to say like 14. Oh, oh yeah, I, I don't know why I'm thinking he was a top ten pick. But you, you might honestly be right. I'm looking it up right now. I guess we, 15th. we always he was fifteenth and twenty. I was close. I was close. We were so right close. in the middle of the first. That's a, legit, that's a legit first rounder, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I no, mean, I, he, I, he should... I sure
1: that yeah, is be I mean, first round, pick, in a vacuum, first round pick. correct but.
0: i am correct look at that um but anyways Connor uh or not Connor oh, oh. My God. oh, oh. boy that's, oh man that's, that's getting stopped. clipped right. that's getting clipped um that is just from getting used to outros and doing the same outro every time uh but Logan Logan uh what can the people look forward to from you over at neston.com?
1: Well, that Jakob Zaborl's story, of course.
0: Damn right. And uh, (laughs) otherwise,
1: the, uh, the Ness and Bruins podcast, which we will record tomorrow. But, you know, find everything we can to write about over the next few days. But there's nothing going on because the Bruins don't play again until Saturday. So... Come to com slash Bruins, but I can't promise that there's going to be a ton there until <laughs> stuff starts happening.
0: I'll, c- I'll continue
1: firing off takes. I'll just re-timestamp it every day and re-promote it.
0: <laughs> just change the authoring info. Oh, look, yeah. I published another subor. I-, I found more stuff. Um, but, no, there's still some practice stuff coming, and obviously – Bruins, uh, the, the Bruins podcast you guys do comes out. Is it comes out Tuesdays, correct? I know you Tuesday nights usually. Yeah. Tuesday nights. So you can listen either Wednesday morning or Tuesday night, you know, pick it, pick what you want, when you want to listen. It'll, to it'll be it. there. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be there. It'll be there no matter what. Uh, Logan, again, thank you so much, uh, for joining, uh, for Seal on Us Media. I'm Evan Maronofsky. you Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest. Have your week. <laughs>